Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am your host, Tisha Richmond. On this show, I chat with educators and thought leaders from around the world to hear stories of how they are transforming teaching and creating unforgettable learning experiences because we all have our own special magic. In this special series, amazing career and technical educators share stories of how they are navigating project-based learning in a pandemic. Welcome to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I am thrilled to chat with a friend and fellow FCS educator, Barbara Scully, today. She is incredible, and I'm so happy to have you on the show, Barbara. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So I was just chatting with you before the show that we met for the first time this past October in Washington at the Washington Association for Family and Consumer Science Educators Conference. Did I say that correctly? (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) There we go. Oh, my goodness. And that was such an amazing conference. So exciting for me. And it was really fun because it was at the Great Wolf Lodge, which has kind of this magical, like, theme to it, you know, where where kids, it's a water park, indoor water park. And so kids are running around with their magic wands. And um, it was just really kind of, it tickled me because I, uh, I felt like I was in my element. Not only was I with a, you know, a whole conference full of family and consumer science educators, but I was in a magical place as well. <laughs> so it was really fun for me. Absolutely. No, it was, you know, gamification and that that's your element. That's your jam. It totally is my jam. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I I think I even took some pictures of the different leaderboards that were happening because I think when the kids would run around with their magic wands, they were able to like collect points and, you know, there's this leaderboard going on and it was, it was really, really cool. And and we got to eat together and get to chat a little bit about education at that conference too. So no, it it was a great time. Uh, so awesome. So I would love for you just to share a little bit about your journey into education. How did you become a family and consumer science educator? So I'm actually relatively new to the game. I've only been in education for the last three years. Um, you know, I guess you could say I decided to, I figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. <laughs> um, I. I honestly, I think as educators, we are our worst advocates for our profession um, because, you know, there's it's hard work. And I remember in school back, you know, eons ago when I was an actual high school student uh, and even earlier that I wanted to be a teacher. But as I got older and went to college and then hearing all the, the negative, uh, the negative with it, I was like, Oh, maybe I don't. (laughs) So I went the business and administration route, um, and yeah, retail marketing and, um, advertising specializations. So I finished that and I got married, had kids. We were, uh, really young in our early 20s and started a family. Um, And it wasn't until about five years ago when I said, I think I'm ready to figure out what it is that I want to do. And um, 
I became a paraeducator and I worked in the preschool and, um, and then I was also a, uh, an educator, a paraeducator for the, in, within the elementary area, um, helping, you know, taking students out and working one-on-one with them. And that's where, you know, all of a sudden it just worlds collided and I knew exactly what I needed to be doing because it wasn't just a passion. It was, something that I was meant to do. Wow. And isn't that amazing when you find that, you know, this is truly, this is my, not only my passion, but this is my purpose. This is what, this is what I am supposed to be doing. That is incredible. So tell me a little bit about your program and, and what kind of classes that you are teaching currently. Yeah. So um, I teach at Chiawana High School in uh, Pasco, Washington. So we, I'm on the, uh, the east side of the mountains in Washington and um, in an area or community called the Tri-Cities. And at Chiawana High School, kind of something unique about us we are the largest high school in the entire state of Washington. So we have just under 3,000 students uh, enrolled. And we have over, I want to say over 200 staff members, you know, certificated staff members. And I cannot even tell you how many, you know, non-certificated staff members that we have. But, you know, it's a large environment. <laughs> uh, just yes, walking, yeah, just walking from the, uh, the, the entrance of our building, my classroom is a quarter mile. <laughs> so just walking. Wow. Yeah. So entering the building, going to my classroom, and then back to get like my mail uh, up at the front office, you know, it's a half mile walk. <laughs> Oh my goodness. There's no need to do any other workouts. Like you get it all in one day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so with that, you know, uh, being a family consumer science teacher, I teach this year. Um, I'm very fortunate. I'm only teaching two sections, uh, two preps. So I have three sections of foods and nutrition, one and one section of interior design. Um, and that has been honestly this last year, that is all that I've had to do. It's been wonderful. <laughs> uh, last year, I taught tech literacy, uh, foods and nutrition, interior design, financial lit. And, um, oh, I know there's another class in there as well, but just rambling off the ones off, right off the top of my head, that's what I've done. Wow, that is a lot to have to do all at one time. So that is so wonderful that you have been able to just uh, teach those two different preps and such awesome preps. Those are two of the areas that I have taught in, uh, the foods and nutrition and the, the interior design. And I have always loved teaching them so much. I didn't have as long of a, a time with interior design. I taught that for about five years, but... That is super, super awesome. And I know as a lot of teachers right now, you have had to make some changes <laughs> to oh <my> gosh, yes. <laughs> what you do. <laughs> yes. 
to transition to this remote learning world. And so I actually think you were one of the first states that really got hit. As I'm thinking about it now, Washington was one of the first ones. And so you've probably been in this a little bit longer than some of us. How, How did you react? Because this was probably before really anybody else had faced this. This is... So um, I'm pretty fortunate where I'm friends with people in, um, well, actually, you know, my sister-in-law, and she is a nurse in Snohomish County, which is in Washington State, which is on the west side uh, in the Puget Sound area. And um, that is where COVID-19, that is ground, ground floor um, of of this and my sister-in-law is a nurse and I was hearing of COVID-19 pretty early on um, back in February you know early February Um, and she I just found out um, my brother just sent me a text message today they just had their baby girl this 1138 Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. Yeah. So with COVID-19 and being pregnant, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's tension, a lot of knowns. And so, you know, because I've known about it, you know, early on and then knowing, you know, other friends in, um, you know, who work, you know, you know, at the, the government level, um, you know, we've been able to have some, you know, pretty candid conversations about, about, about things and, I knew early on where things were going to be headed, Um, but going into this, you're never fully prepared. No matter how much you prepare, you're never fully prepared. And, you know, we're, you know, end of April and (laughs) I still am not prepared. (laughs) Right. Right. And things are still changing. You know, there's still uncertainty as far as certain things as we end the school year and and uncertainty as we head into summer and and the next year. And so I would love to hear, because I know that we we share the same love of, of innovative teaching strategies. And I know that you have incorporated a lot of tech into your instruction already. I would love to hear how this transition kind of went for you and how you adapted what you were doing in your classroom environment where you were having face-to-face, you know, teaching and learning with kids to this world of, of teaching from home. Like, what did that look like for you as you transitioned? So, um, you know, I had a little bit of a heads up. So, um, our governor, um, governor Inslee, he came online or, you know, on TV, I want to say it was Thursday, I believe, um, the oh, 15th or 16th or I, days, I don't know. <laughs> Whenever he came on TV um, and he said that school was going to be closing down for us, um, I am on a trimester schedule. So my trimester had just started that Tuesday. I had only had my students for three days. Um, wow. Wow is indeed. So trying to, you know, and then it was um, mon- that following Monday, we had the last day with our students and 
you know, I had I had a really high level of students who ter- who came to school that Monday, and I was able to uh, kind of streamline how learning was going to take place. And I said, I told them, I go, what I care about is maintaining communication with you and maintaining the relationships that our classroom has already started. You know, I want to maintain the our classroom culture. I want to maintain the relationships that we've made. And throughout this experience, we're just going to get better and we're going to get and through our adversities, we are, we're going to overcome this. And is it going to look different? Absolutely. Can I tell you what it's going to look like? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. So um, with that, I, you know, there, we, I use the Remind app, which it's a free tool, tech tool, um, that students can, you know, if they have their own personal handheld device, they can uh, sign up using their cell phone numbers. And it protects my phone number also, as well as mm-hmm. so, and I'm able to put them into like my class sections. Um, so I did that. And I also sent out that remind app, uh, you know, to everybody's email addresses. So student, if students didn't have a cell phone, you know, then they're, they're still able to access uh, and get uh, communication uh, using that. Uh, so I send remind apps and I always send, I always follow up with emails with my students. Um, and I'm a Microsoft school district. So I integrate my um, my learning in Microsoft Teams. Um, so I have I've created you know workbooks, uh, interactive workbooks where I have put it into Teams. Students are able to access it, and um, and I also integrate Flipgrid into mm-hmm. my my. Um, my presentations and students, uh, because I'm in Microsoft school, students are able to access Flipgrid through Teams and on their uh, laptop devices um, and immediately upload to our Flipgrid uh, channel, which is a lot of fun. Um, I have, I still have low level of engagement, but hey, I'm doing my absolute best and you know, our work days with remote learning, <laughs> I start early in the morning and my day just, it's, it never ends where, you know, at school it'd be like, okay, I'm there at 7.15 and I usually don't close up until about 4.30, sometimes 5 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, and then I'm home and I'm mom. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm home. <laughs> I'm teacher who is trying to, you know, I'm in crisis management is Uh (laughs) something that I really feel that I am doing. I'm not teaching. I'm in crisis management, uh, helping my students, um, and their parents. Um, yeah, Yeah. just, oh my gosh, earlier this week, I had my own personal like moment as a mom Uh where, you know, I can't even, I can't even help my own kids. You know, and, and I'm really, and I'm tech savvy and I can't figure out if to navigate, you know, the, what, the rabbit hole of all the things that they're supposed to be doing. It's this whole thing is, it's challenging. Yeah. 
It absolutely is challenging. And you've, you've touched on a number of things. First of all, I just want to say, wow, to have this happen when you just started to get to know your kids, that is so difficult. And I, I know that for teachers who've had their students all year or even just from semester, there's still a good chunk of time to build those relationships and build that classroom culture. But for you to only have a few days where you were able to establish that and then have to try to continue to build that, that is really, really challenging. So kudos to you for for doing everything that you can to try to try to keep those connections with kids and, and get to know them because, oh my goodness, that's so hard. And then I love that you shared about the Flipgrid because that has been one of my favorite tools to recommend because I think of that connection piece, right? Like you are getting to see their faces. You're getting to hear them demonstrate their learning. You're able to share your face and share your videos. And there's this dialogue as well as being able to have students, if you choose to communicate and reply to each other. And so because of the times we're in, it's hard to find those synchronous opportunities where everybody can be together and connecting at the same time. So Flipgrid is that opportunity to connect, but in an asynchronous way. And so I would love for you just to share, how are you using Flipgrid? And maybe even give a little bit of a a description of what Flipgrid is for our listeners who maybe haven't heard of it before. No, absolutely. So student voice, it's so empowering because we all want to be heard. Uh, We all have a voice and to be able to have somebody listen to us, that's powerful. So Flipgrid is about, you know, student voice is bringing um, the silent back row kid forward, um, helping them feel included in class discussions without being on public display. Today, students are, you know, they're digital natives where they feel comfortable communicating in bite-sized ideas, um, or they talk using images, emojis, pictures, videos. Um, Their handheld devices are the access to their education apps, which is why we need to meet the needs of the mobile learning community of the today's students. So students feel empowered when they are heard which is why Flipgrid is a great tool for the personalized classroom. Oh my goodness. Yes. You said that so well. And I I totally agree that student voice is so critical. And I have heard time and time again, teachers in my own district, my own husband who's using Flipgrid for teaching ceramics, as I've shared before, I mean, he and other teachers are amazed at how students are able to demonstrate their learning and, and, share their voice in a way that maybe they hadn't had an opportunity to in the classroom environment. They may not have felt heard in that space, but being able to get behind a camera and get to share their voice that way has given them this, this, this empowerment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sometimes for those introverted students, especially like, not everybody may be thriving right now in this environment, but maybe for those introverted students like this is their time to shine you know like this is kind of a 
very safe environment for them to be able to express themselves, which is really cool. Yeah, no, I have, I've really enjoyed integrating, you know, Flipgrid. I actually, I, I started Flipgrid um, at the very beginning of this year and I've just, you know, at the very beginning, it was just all about becoming comfortable with it. And then as I started to get more comfortable with it, then, you know, the more ideas I got and more and I got um, with, you know, turning lessons into in grid that way. Um, so with foods and nutrition, I, my students currently right now in the remote learning uh, era, I, my students are demonstrating their knife skills using Flipgrid. So they're showing us, uh, or they're showing me and their fellow classmates for just that one Flipgrid channel, because my other sections, they can't see their, that class. It's only students within that class that can see each other. Um, they are able to see their videos or I could even moderate it in such a way that only I'm the one that can access their video. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, help out on that privacy if if I know there's a situation. Um, but yeah, no, they're demonstrating their knife skills, you know, Julian, mincing, uh, slice, dice, chop. Um, so they're demonstrating it that way. First starting out with Flipgrid at the beginning of the year. Um, I love Canva. So. I do things on a whim sometimes and then, and then I get familiar with things. I, you know, something that should have taken maybe two days, I ended up taking five days, (laughs) but it was a great learning process for everybody. Uh, I had students, you know, sign into, uh, log into Canva for the very first time. And then I'm uh, doing step-by-step tutorials as we're also in the safety and sanitation unit of foods and nutrition. And, you know, they have to, they're going on online and they're finding pictures, um, only pictures with no words of the steps, like three to five pictures of the steps that would show how somebody who wouldn't know otherwise how to wash their hands. Um, Yeah. So a picture of, you know, running water, Uh, Another picture would be, you know, putting soap on the hand. Another picture is, you know, lathering um, the, their hands and then, you know, rinsing, rinsing their hands. Um, So there's that. And then, oh, and I also had, um, you know, I found pictures of, you know, happy birthday, you know, just to symbolize, oh, sing happy birthday song or twinkle, twinkle, little star or, um, whatever, or ABCs. And um, so the purpose of that was not everybody can read. So what if you Mm -hmm. have somebody who is, um, they're deaf, and I'm not saying that deaf people can't read, but you couldn't communicate to them in such a way. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you're doing things through pictures. Um, Or you have somebody who just immigrated from another Mm -hmm. country. And they don't know these things. Um, so just starting out with that. And then Flipgrid, I incorporated that technology where students then, and this was the fun part. 
I'd have my students go into the bathroom with their either their phones or their laptops <laughs> and they're uh, you know they're ha- each other helping one another you know as they're washing their hands on uh, the in the videos uh, in the bathroom <laughs> and they're having to actually you know explain all of the steps thoroughly you know like okay I am pulling down, you know, my, my paper towels before I, uh, my, I turn on my faucet. So that way my paper towels are ready after I've washed my hands and it was so much fun. And then, you know, after they they've done their Flipgrid video, they send it to me and I watch it. I'm like, okay, this is okay for you to embed your QR code of your Flipgrid video onto the Canva um, news or the Canva, um, you know, assignment that you created for safety and sanitation. Because what I wanted to do next is collaborate with my, um, my FCS teacher down the hall who has teaching academy or careers in education, whichever way, uh, whatever class that you have that would, or human development or anything, and that my teaching academy uh, teachers, I handed their flyers to her students and they took it up to the elementary school for the kindergartners where they were talking about sanitation and the proper use of hygiene. That is so cool. There's so many amazing elements there. For one, you're giving your students multiple opportunities to express themselves, to be creative, to share their voice. Um, and then I love the smashing together. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you have had them create this pictograph or visual image in Canva using those pictures to to share how to wash hands. And I love that you thought through, you know, them needing to express themselves for for a variety of people that may not be able to read it. They need to be able to think through how they would express it in another way. But then to take it to the next level and to record in a video form that is a QR code on the Canva slide, that is that is incredible, a wonderful way to smash two tools together. And they just happen to be my favorite tools, by the way. I love <laughs> two of my favorite. I have lots of favorite tools, but those are definitely up at the very, very top. And um And then to take it to that next level and to actually be bringing that to the elementary schools, they're getting to have an authentic audience, right? Like they are getting to share that with an authentic uh, group of people, which I think I have found in my classes to be so super powerful because they, they take the, the learning a little bit more seriously when they know that there is a purpose beyond their own learning that that's going to be used for. And I think that is so cool. And I think right now, I mean, even in our remote learning environment, we may not be able to have face-to-face authentic audiences for our students, but we can have remote audiences for our students that are authentic. I mean, think about how we are communicating with people across the globe right now uh, in ways that we didn't even really think of before. I am someone who has a lot of people in other areas that I connect with 
on a regular basis. However, do I connect with my dad in California on Zoom? Did I connect with him before this on Zoom? No, but when he had a birthday, I did. I thought, well, why wouldn't I do that? But I hadn't thought of that before. And so I think that it's really allowing us to think about that differently, about how we can connect with people from around the world in ways that we wouldn't have even thought of. And so uh, I think that that opens up a lot of possibilities as far as how we can really not only smash digital tools together, but how we can then take it to that next level and allow students to share their learning with people outside, you know, of their own sphere. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, there, I have to admit, there were a few videos that I had to tell my students going, and you need to take this back and go back into the bathroom and re-record it (laughs) because this is not acceptable. There's, you know, and I, I, gosh, you know, there's like a good solid day where, you know, students are bringing me their stuff and I'm watching their videos and I'm like, is this something that, you know, a kindergartner should be watching? Is this acceptable language for a kindergartner? It's for a kindergartner? I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, right. so, oh, you know, even though I verbally told, you know, the instructions, who the audience was and, uh, you know, in all the steps in both oral and then as well as, you know, written, they still, it still falls out of their heads. So they would have to go back, redo it. And then, you know, and there's, gosh, there's such a sense of pride when they come back, they're like, you know, which school is this going to? And I'd say, oh, you know, up the road. And they're like, that's where my, my sister is. Is my sister going to be able to see this? Well, is she in, so in this kindergarten class? No. Well, is, is it going to be up on the wall or something? I'm like, Honestly, I don't know, but maybe, I don't know. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I want my sister to see this. Right. We'll see. And so, you know, I, I, it was out of my hands after that. Exactly. It gives them this sense of pride. They know that like what, what they're creating is, is definitely going to be used for a purpose and they, they don't want to disappoint and they want to be able to shine, whoever that audience is. And so I think that is just fantastic. Um, I love that share. And I want to just ask you, because I, um, as you know, I'm always looking for the magical moments and things Mm -hmm. and trying to make um, the best of a difficult time right now in our world and in education too. Uh, What has been some of those magical moments for you, or maybe just one that comes to mind where you thought, wow, like that, that is something that is a really positive thing that, that is happening in a negative time frame. You know, honestly, I think I have this magical moment probably from just this last Monday uh, where parents, because so I have to take this back a little bit. So our uh, state superintendent, he just uh, rolled out kind of the grading um, format for our state. And so I've been in Zoom meetings after Zoom meetings, you know, of what the, the grading expectation is supposed to look like. Because as a state, you know, each, um, each jurisdiction, you know, is under local control. 
Uh, yes, we have the the state mandate, but then you know at the district level, we're able to you know help benefit our students you know to their ability. Um, and so being in these Zoom meetings, now knowing, you know, what uh, the grading expectation is for, for not only myself, but for my students, you know, that aha moment was all of a sudden I have parents contacting me for the very first time, whereas before it was, you know, crickets, you know, parents are now jumping on board where they have the time, I think because they are not working or they're not essential workers. Uh, So all of a sudden, you know, this is that aha moment, that magical moment is families are able to come together. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm spending more time with my own kids (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh, helping them. And sometimes, you know, my anxieties isn't helping them. (laughs) But, um, you know, just I'm able to have these candid conversations with parents where before, I think as educators and parents, parents are afraid to go to the educators. And now that barrier is down. And mm-hmm. these wonderful conversations with parents and, um, and telling them, your kid is awesome. And your kid has been communicating with me. And thank you. And they're doing a great job. And there's with this whole COVID-19, there's a lot of grace. Mm -hmm. I am not going to give a bad grade because they're overwhelmed. Because honestly, we're all overwhelmed. We're Mm -hmm. overworked right now. Days and nights and work days and weekends, they all come together. There is no separation of, you know, of our time. Um, So just being open and honest with everybody. And I'm seeing that, you know, that barrier is coming down between, you know, family and education. And we're, where I'm hoping my magical moment, you know, is my hope for the future that, you know, we will be a united front. Oh my goodness. That's powerful. That is so true. And I, I too see so many families coming together now like they they haven't before. I know my son is a senior and he he's very social and he has lots of friends that he is always out and about with. And so this this pandemic has allowed us to have time together. My daughter is in Portland now, but my, my husband and son and I, we, we have our, you know, our nights that we like to watch television together, like the voice and American idol, like our kind of our family shows that we watch and we're eating more meals together because we're all home at the same time. And, and I have to, I treasure that because I know that my, my son is going to be gone soon. He's almost done with school. And so to have those moments, I really, really treasured that. And I think that's so wonderful too, that, um, that the barriers are coming down, that you're seeing that between families and education and what a wonderful time to maybe change some of what has been and really look to the future and how we can continue strengthening those connections. That's so, so important. So, oh my so goodness. important. Yeah, it really is. So 
Oh my goodness. This conversation has been so fun and I can't believe that the time has flown by so fast. And so I would love to ask you as we, as we close mm-hmm. this conversation, what is something that you think you'll carry with you uh, beyond COVID-19? Maybe it is something that you are doing now that you haven't before, or maybe it's just kind of a, a change of perspective. What is something that you know will continue on for you? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question because there's so much because I'm still processing everything. (laughs) I swear we have, uh, well, at least I do. I have great days where I'm on a high and going, the world is going great. I'm loving this. And then yesterday I was just in the schlump of going, oh my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know. How do I continue to carry on like this? Um, But, you know, it's all about perspective. You know, I think for me, moving forward is grace. Honestly, you know, we all have completely different, unique situations. And, you know, I've I've always looked at, you know, I've always been very open with all of my students that it's like, just tell me what's up and I'll accommodate. I'll always accommodate because I want to make sure I care about the learning. That is, that's my philosophy. When you get it, you know, that when between points, that's not as important to me as to you actually learning it. Um, Just don't, don't throw all of your learning at me, you know, the week before the trimester ends. That's, <laughs> that's my, that's my, <laughs> that's where I am. But moving forward, you know, just grace, uh, communication, you know, communication is absolutely key in this time. Um, <laughs> I have, I, this last week, I did a major faux pas. I thought I sent an email to my my director, two of them, two two of my emails to my director asking, you know, these important questions and they somehow got lodged in my, my draft folder. I was humiliated and mortified and I had to be just open and honest going, I am so sorry. You know, I, I failed on this. And she's like, you didn't fail. (laughs) There's, there's so much going on. You have to give yourself grace. And so, you know, going forward, you know, into the future, just holding on to everything that's been going on in this time period, you know, always remember and reflect and don't beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We are going to have failures, but we're going to learn from those failures and we're going to be triumphant with it. Oh, that is beautifully stated. And I, I, so agree with you. So what part of our mantra in our district is what simplicity and grace and don't panic. And that is something that um, I think I have struggled more with giving grace to myself than I have Mm -hmm. giving grace to others because I don't, I want to feel like I have it all together, (laughs) you know, and and then so (laughs) <laughs> and there's so many distractions. I mean, you have littles and I can't imagine 
you know, having those daily distractions and trying to keep up with the emails and the Zoom meetings and all of the things, it would be so, so difficult. And um, I mean, I have a hard time getting emails sent off and I don't have little kids asking me to, you know, take a break to feed them lunch and to do whatever it is that that they are um, needing at any given moment of the day. So uh, what you're doing is amazing, and I so appreciate what you bring to family and consumer science. I so appreciate what you bring to education. Um, you are really uh, paving the way for a lot of educators. So keep keep sharing. You're awesome, and um, I just thank you so much for the time that you've given me to be on the podcast today. It's been so fun. No, thank you so much. I appreciate being on here and just sharing my story. And you're doing an amazing thing by, you know, sharing all of our stories. And, you know, that's, that's empowerment right there. Well, thank you so much. I have learned so much from all of you. And it's it's just been such a joy for me. And I know that our listeners are definitely going to want to connect with you. So Mm -hmm. how can how can we find you? Um, actually, can I share? Yes, please. (laughs) So I, being a new educator myself within the last three years, going down this rabbit hole that I love and found my purpose, um, I felt that there wasn't enough connection within family consumer science. So with that, I have created my own podcast and that is that's called connectfcsed.com uh which you can find online and it will be launching very soon. Yay, that's so exciting. Um, and, you know, it's a candid conversation where we're talking and I'm sharing stories much like you, but it's more on the family consumer science side and, you know, project-based learning and just sharing our stories, uh, connecting, finding resources that will benefit all family consumer science educators, um, and you know, reaching out to the amazing people that are, they're change makers. You're a change maker and you're a trendsetter. There's Alicia or Alicia, I'm sorry, um, over in New York. She's a change maker. And, you know, there's so many of us, you know, in this field. And I just want to, I want to highlight them and I want to share their stories and their wealth of knowledge. And um, so, that's why I said I'm ready to, you know, this is my podcast is about supporting, recruiting and maintaining all FCS ed. So. Oh my goodness. I am so proud of you. That is amazing. And I know it's going to benefit so many educators. It's definitely going to benefit family and consumer science. And so so I am applauding you at taking that leap because it's scary, right? Like to venture into something new is super, super scary. I remember when I launched my podcast earlier, uh, this was last, actually last fall. Uh, mm. I was like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? This is crazy. And it's been such a fun, fun adventure. And I will tell you that when you launch it, you need to give yourself grace too, because I'm telling you, 
if you want to hear where my podcast started, um, it was in a car on the way to Portland, Oregon to see my daughter with my husband. He was my guest and we heard semis driving by. Um, the sound was horrible. I had no clue what I'm doing. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing, to be honest. But uh, you know what? There's growth. And I... I know that there has been growth since that very first podcast episode. I know I have a long way to go, but it's we all do. <laughs> no, absolutely. No. It's been it's been a wild and crazy adventure. And I couldn't have done this without, you know, the amazing co-hosts that you know you've been on and um, you know, the of the plethora of resources that I've been able to connect with just because I've started this podcast there. Everybody's coming out of the woodwork because they're hearing about the awesome things that we're doing in our field. And people are hungry. They want to hear these things. They don't want to, they don't want to sit in a, a, you know, professional development seminar. They want to hear stories of how it's going to affect them. So thank you. (laughs) And Thank you again. (laughs) Oh, no, I am so, so excited. So, yes, I I can't wait. And on social media, how can we find you? I've started the Connect FCS Ed uh, group on Facebook. And there's also a FCS Tech Tips um, group as well. Um, And I'll put those in the show notes so we can get the exact name. Yeah. And, um, you know, or you can just find me on social media, you know, just Barbara Scully on, on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, Instagram. I have actually, I've cut off my Instagram and, um, I'm only using it for connect to FCS ed, which by the way, it's all one word connect F for family consumer for C science, and then ed ed, um, so, and that's on Instagram. So there's, there's ways I do not do Snapchat. So I won't go down that, that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, no, that is perfectly fine. And I'm so glad that we have all of these ways that we can continue um, connecting with you, Barbara. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tisha. Have a magical day, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Make Learning Magical podcast. I hope you are inspired by this episode and encouraged to find new ways to bring magic into teaching and learning. You can connect with me on Twitter at Tish Rich, Instagram at Tish Richmond, or on my website at tisharichmond.com. Please use the hashtag MLMagical to share thoughts about this episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and tune in next week for another magical episode.